Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. wipe out after a night of drinking, you'll just be flat on the ground. We don't have to worry yeah, about you being if on a I, bump. If I'm at a party and Julie can drag me all the way into the shower without oh scraping me up on the curb. So, there you yes. go. There you go. <laughs> That's it's Around the House. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, where we talk home improvement, interior design, and even healthy homes every single weekend. Thanks for joining us. Well, Caroline and I, hello, Caroline. Hey, hey. We've got a great guest and a buddy of mine that I've got a long history with, but we won't talk about because (laughs) we've already signed that treaty. William White. (laughs) He is the, you are the marketing specialist, the for Ardex, what's your official job title? Because I always butcher that up. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right, Eric. Um, field marketing specialist for the Western U.S., uh, specifically for the Tile and Stone Division of Ardex. Nice. You got it, man. And so whenever you hear me, like, preaching the word of tile, I've usually gotten, like, 85% of that from William. <laughs> and And what I love about William is that he is the guy that when we're installing products and we're following their specifications, and I'm not going to say which company it is, he looks at it and goes, uh, yeah, that billion dollar company is wrong and here's why. <laughs> and then they go change their specifications. So he's that guy. <laughs> That's happened. That's happened. A couple times yeah. <laughs> on my house. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Well, so many people out there, and you and I have talked about this, and Caroline, you as well, so many people out there want to tackle their own maybe DIY home improvement project. That contractor is not going to get to them till next year some point mm-hmm. if they're trying to start it today. But the problem is, and sorry, home centers, people walk <laughs> into home centers and get the lowest priced product they can get off the shelf and mm-hmm. really struggle with it. And it doesn't hold up, and they wonder what went wrong. Especially you, the my tile. friend. Yeah, the tile. Especially. Tile's like a. Da- it's one of those daunting things that, like, I won't even touch. Right. So it's really? like I look at it and I go, I can't cut tile. I'm like so not neat. I've got bad lines, and then I get completely overwhelmed by it. So maybe you can help me. <laughs> you know, a lot of tile installation, whether it's a professional or a DIY, um, it really starts with prep proper prep. And, you know, Eric, we ran into this at your house uh, where we thought the walls looked pretty good. And then when we start installing tile, we start finding that the tiles aren't exactly laying flat. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it really comes down to the prep. And if you have a good, clean substrate to set on, then the rest of it just gets much, much easier. Um, 
And well, my, my wall in my kitchen was that exact thing. That wall was goofy as all get out. (laughs) And when you looked at it standing there at a flat white wall, it didn't look that bad until you put a six foot level on it and went, Oh, this is a problem. And we already had mud mixed up and we were laying tiles. So there wasn't a, uh, there wasn't the time to go back and say, okay, let me refloat this entire thing out. We went with it and it made the job twice as long. As opposed to say your upstairs, you know, bathroom on, on that project where it had been self-leveled, the walls were floated out, like everything, the installation there just went like a dream. Yeah. All yeah. about, and that was on the floor. So that should have been almost a little bit harder than just putting a tile box splash up. Right. It's all right. about the prep. It's all about the prep. And and then from there, it having good products really helps as well. You know, you touched upon that, Eric, that, you know, a lot of times the products that are available from a big box store are not necessarily some of the best materials. And the difference comes with like working time and pot life, you know, for a homeowner, for a DIY, they need more time to be able to work with that material. And mm-hmm. You know, if you skip the box store and go to say like a local flooring, you know, flooring dealer, they're going to have access to professional products. And those professional products are going to give you longer pot life, longer open time so that as you're running back and forth to the wet saw, you know, that that mud doesn't dry out on the wall and you can (laughs) still get proper bond. So you recommend people, as we always talk about get familiar with your plumbing store, get familiar with your tile store. Like just don't run down to your local hardware store looking for the answer. And you need to be more disciplined about having relationships at these places, correct? Absolutely. And, and, the, and the great thing is, is you walk into a flooring store, a dealer, you know, the, the smaller stores, they actually want to spend time with you help to you. educate you and share their knowledge, which will just help you out on your personal project that much more. Yeah. And the problem is, is that many of the home centers, that person that's helping you with the tile today was the garden manager last week. Yeah. And so you just don't, yeah, and no shade thrown upon those guys because I used to be one of those guys 25 years ago. And they work hard. And, they do. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, even though I was the kitchen and bath designer, I was also the electrical manager. I'd been the plumbing <laughs> manager, the flooring manager, the door and millwork manager and the garden manager. That how that works i'm sorry it just is and i learned a lot but you yeah. still you still are stuck with that i mean we had a paint manager who was colorblind that was awesome how does that work right oh yeah <laughs> he would always just max the mix up the color match and go hey how's that look and i'm like Dude, that was all gray oh my god not even close not even close so but anyway, yeah. that's that's the problems you run into with that. And that's just the nature of the beast when it comes to that, you know? Absolutely. You know, uh, and a little bit of research, you know, YouTube nowadays, I, I use YouTube. You know, I'm right in smack dab in the middle of a remodel myself. And as I need to understand or know how to do some, something, I reach out. You know, I, I talk to professionals. You and I talked last night about a struggle I was having. <laughs> You know, through that, YouTube is another great source, especially for tile. There are some really good channels out there for DIY tile installation, tile and stone installation. Um, that'll help you through the basics. It's it's not rocket science. It's mixing up 
mortar and smearing it on the surface and sticking tiles to it. It's not hard. Yeah, but you, you also got to try it again, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's sucking me in, Eric. He's like, he's yeah, got this I real smooth it. manner. It's no big deal. Just try it. And I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> That's, here's the thing, though. Here's the problem with YouTube, and, and you know this, too. There are some seriously skilled people on there, and there are some also a bunch of people on there that are grandstanders that love to say about how other people are doing it wrong that jump into showers and go, Oh my gosh, this will never work. <laughs> you know, there, there's a whole group of people out there that you need to be careful not to pay attention. That's to. true. And and you can read from the title if it's clickbait. I mean, <laughs> yeah, clickbait. honestly, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just looking for negative clickbait. And you know, there are people out there that provide instructional videos as well. And that's what I would, you know, steer people to. Yeah, no question. No question. Well, let's talk about, I want to talk about showers because, you know, that is something that is technical. <laughs> it is something that is many times, if I watch on social media with people doing their own DIY showers, 85% of the time it's wrong. Wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Just wrong. And I'm like, oh, you need to start over. And I know you're, it looks pretty right now. You're half done, but I can see that you missed 12 steps and I'm not the pro. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about it, showers on their own, if, if done wrong, can lead to one of the most expensive repairs that you could possibly mm -hmm. have because you get into dry rot and it just creeps and creeps and creeps. And now you've got black mold. And, I, I and mean, now it just you've got goes, Caroline in your house as an environmental yeah. inspector for 20 years saying, you've got a mold problem. That's why you're coughing because behind your shower walls, you've got stacky botrys because you didn't seal your tile. Right? <laughs> and and it all comes down to the basics of, of waterproofing mm -hmm. and getting, getting managing that water so that it's all directed out and it can't get into the walls and it can't get into the floors. Um, you know, that's that's the critical part of a shower is the vapor management and the waterproofing. 100%. Like with my shower, we had to take some additional steps because not only did we have water, but we had steam. Right, right. And yeah. that's a so unique we, application. Very unique. But even so on a shower system, you can't just put your Dura Rock up there and start laying tile over the top of it and mm -hmm. think that this is going to work out well for you. Well, and a lot of the... You know, like, again, you go to the home center and they'll sell a concrete board or a fiber cement board as being water impervious. Water, waterproof, water, right? Yeah. That's the biggest problem, right? Yeah. Well, water doesn't affect it, but it doesn't mean that it stops It stops water. it, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Those products don't stop water. And I personally am a fan of shower systems. Um, you know, there are, are complete assemblies out there with the shower pans, the wall boards, benches and niches where it's all designed as a system. And I honestly, I believe for the DIY and it's, it's becoming even more so the trend with professionals that using a shower system that comes with a warranty is worth every cent that's spent on it. Well, I, you know, and I, I get into a lot of battles on social media with our friends in Southern California who love to just build something up and throw a bunch of hot tar on it and walk away and lay tile over the top of it. But there are such better systems out there. And and again, whose warranty comes with that? The installer? The so, yeah. 
So William, so a lot of my clients, I mean, because of what I do for a living, they ask me all the time, like, what's the best system for a shower? And we've done so many different, like from Schluter, right? Um, Would you consider Schluter like a system? Obviously it's a barrier system, right? But it's a a full system. Um, We've also, we've used your products. I was telling Eric, I did a house in Australia in um, South Wales and we used the Ardex product because that's what we could get there. So it was really fascinating um, and it worked really well. So kudos to you guys. Uh, a lot of it comes down to availability. And I would say a lot of the major manufacturers have a system. Now, the one caution I would say is never cross systems. Don't, mm-hmm. don't yeah. ever mix and match and end up with this Frankenstein of, oh, well, I had yeah. some of this laying around. I had some of that laying around. Don't do that. Pick a system and stay with that system all the way through um, just because then you get that manufacturer's warranty that stands behind it. And, you know, when you have a failure, it's, it's very, it's like an insurance policy. It's helpful to have that sitting in the wings. No kidding. No kidding. I mean, I've been watching on, I don't know. It's like the last couple months I've been watching so many homeowners try doing their own dry pack pan. And I'm like, there's a lot That's of professionals that can do them, but I'll tell you what, um, I've seen professionals that have done it for 30 years miss a step or make a mistake on a step and it fails. As a homeowner, you've got a, a go buy a lotto ticket. You have about the same chance of that being done perfectly done and, and make it so you don't have a leak down the road. What are you recommending? Oh, sorry, William. What are you recommending like for homeowners, right? Because we get, I get so many questions, like what's the best system to put in? So with Ardex, what type of system are you using there? If you can give a little explanation and and how it works and then, you know, obviously you're tiling over it. So, so we have options depending on what the ultimate goal is. Now, my personal favorite is we recently purchased a shower system manufacturer. So now we have a complete shower system with custom pans that are graphite infused. So there's no limitation mm. of tile size on the pans. Mm. Well, that's pan. huge. It, it, mm-hmm. That's massive. Let's stop on that because yeah. right now I see so many people out there that are wanting to use like the little tiny half inch or three quarter inch little round tiles. And I'm always like, uh, what shower system are you going to use that on? Well, yeah. I'm going to use a composite. Okay, why don't you go read the directions and tell yeah. me what that it's is? Leaking. Because that's probably <laughs> supposed to be a two by two tile in many cases. Mm-hmm. Or if you go smaller, sometimes they'll they'll allow smaller, but now you have to use an epoxy adhesive, and that can be costly and you know just kind of a pain hard to use. Yeah, yeah, kind of a pain in the butt to work with. So, um, you know, that's having having a pan that can receive any size tile. That's huge. Also, we do custom sized and custom shaped pans with the drain location anywhere within that pan. That's key because I have a bathroom now. I waited and waited to do it because it's this tiny, weird shaped bathroom that nothing fits in, right? And I've got the drain to the left and I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what we're going to put in there. So that would be great. So it can go in any strange size. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, you could do, if you wanted, you could do a shower in the shape of Texas. (laughs) You know? That's totally (laughs) cool. Yeah. You could have any shape you wanted. 
And you could have that dream location anywhere in that pan. So, so Caroline, you're going to awesome. have to do your shower in the shape of New Jersey now. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's thank always you. New Jersey. Oh, Jersey pizza, John Bon Jovi. It's Jersey, Jersey, Jersey. She's got to have the Jersey shower. <laughs> All right. Instead All right. of Jersey Shore, it's the Jersey shower. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> You know, so so then then we go into the wallboards, and the wallboards are a cement coated um, foam wallboard. So they're easy, lightweight. Um, you can cut it with a utility knife. You don't have to have a grinder, so you're not making that silica hmm. dust. Um, huge. Hey, hey, you be careful with the grinders, Mister. <laughs> yeah. So these are foam board. They're made out of like a polystyrene, or what? What's the material to make that makes um, up the board? It's an XPS foam on the board. Mm -hmm. um, so it's an extruded polystyrene and mm -hmm. the foam itself is waterproof. And then the cement coating allows us something that our mortar will bond to when we're adhering the tile. And how do you find the foam works better than say a cement board, right? So everyone's a traditionalist. They think the cement board works. We know it doesn't. The moisture goes through, you got vapor going through. So how does the foam prevent that or do a so, better job? So the foam is a waterproof barrier itself. And then okay. all we have to do is just treat the seams and we have a sealant and or banding, depending on which school of thought that you come from. So we can we can adopt either one. And that way your seams and all your joints are waterproof and the the body of the board is 100 percent waterproof. It will hold right. water. So you're not getting any possible water intrusion at all into your wall cavity. Fantastic. Yeah, that's huge. You, mm. you know, and. Another thing about like doing dry packs, a lot of times houses may not be structured properly to take the weight of a dry pack. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's another thing as newer and newer construction standards come about, they're lighter and lighter weight. That's where shower systems also come into play because we're not adding all that additional weight of sand and cement and, and extreme thicknesses to build things up. We can do lower profiles. We can even do no curves which is, you know, a handy thing to do as well. Oh, that's what we did in my shower. It was awesome, yeah. you know, and I still love today because I have not once stubbed my toe on the curb going into the shower. <laughs> right. <laughs> as for my loser self, yeah. that is awesome. <laughs> so when you wipe out after a night of drinking, you'll just be flat on the ground. We don't have to worry yeah, about you being if on I, a bump. If I've been out partying, <laughs> Julie can drag me all the way into the shower without oh scraping me up on the curb. So, there you yes. Go. There you go. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, it's with Artix, if you were a little bit more of a traditionalist, like you were saying, Caroline, that, um, you know, if you wanted to put up a traditional backer board, I would highly recommend using a topical, meaning a roll on waterproofing over top mm -hmm. of that, because you can create a waterproof shower with standard back tile backer boards. Um, you just have to put that topical or, or topside waterproofing on there. And I think that's the step that a lot of people skip. And I've even seen professionals think that, you know, these tile backer boards, oh, they, they're impervious to water. No. Well, that doesn't mean that they stop water, though. The water goes right through. Right through. We yeah. used, in the Australia project, we used the, your Artex, it was a, it was a topical, right? I can't remember mm -hmm. what we put behind it if they went with a cement board or it may have been a foam i don't know i don't remember because i was only involved with the waterproofing piece but that's what we used yeah yeah and and the cool thing with liquid applied waterproofing is that you can do any shape 
or if there is a curb, mm-hmm. you can go up over the curb with a continuous waterproofing. You can go out onto the floor um, so that even water that gets outside the shower area doesn't find its way down a crack or crevice and end up in into the floor and starting that same problem. The, uh, nice. the, the client that we did the house on, he was, um, he wanted a really non-toxic house he had purchased. It was interesting. So he had, he purchased this, I mean, this house was like stunning. It was over this lake and I mean, it had levels and I mean, it was beautiful. So we did these, these walls with the, the cement proofing and he didn't want anything that had smell. We wanted to go non-toxic. Everything was green and there was no odor. Like that's what we were concerned about when we did it and when it was cured and there was nothing. So it was fantastic. He was really happy. That's awesome. William, I wanted to talk about some of my favorite products we used on my house because that thin set that we used was like, you know, and I've used thin set. I've done dozens of tile projects around my houses over the years. This stuff was like taking marshmallow topping (laughs) and putting it down. And I was like, what is this magic you have in this bag? Right. And, and, Eric, that right there is what you get when you when you step into the professional grade products, right? So that was Artex's X77. So what we're talking about is a is a high yield. So we're 110 square feet out of a 40 pound bag. So it's not full of a bunch of sand and filler. It's it's actually just the good stuff. We do add more water. So anytime you're using a new product, always read the instructions. And, you know, with X77, it's fiber reinforced, it's high yield, it has its microtech technology. It just, it made it easy, right? Yeah. And that was the one thing I noticed with that. And and you kept, you were, that was a nice part of you being the coach there is I'd mix it up. I'm like, okay, I'm mixing it to my head. What I would do normal thin set to, and you'd be like, more water. <laughs> I'd go out, mix it up a little more, more water, more water. <laughs> mix it up again, more water. Yeah. Then finally I got it right. Then 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 we were good. But that stuff was absolutely amazing to use. And man, I swear we could have stuck that up on the wall and thrown a cinder block at it and it would have stuck. I, I actually tiled the ceiling of one of my showers. I did a barreled shower and started in the middle, because anytime you do a barrel, you have to start in the middle and work down with that X77, slapping them up on the ceiling and not even you know, thinking twice about it. I, I had the confidence that I knew that it would hold them up there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, in my bathroom, another thing that we did is we put in the, uh, Artex heated floor system and, and Caroline, you've got to do that when you do your bathroom is you got to put heated floor in. Cause there is nothing like, it's like heated seats in a car. Once you've had it, every time you don't have it, you feel like you're getting robbed. Can you I do that not. on a slab, Eric? Like, so this bathroom I'm talking about that has this weird, you know, sizing Shower. and small. Yeah. It's like, it's built. This one is a, a third bathroom and it's down on a slab. So I have to, you know, all the pipes are in the floor. And obviously if I'm going to change the drain out, I've got to move everything and disconnect it and tear up the slab. And I don't want to, because when I start jackhammering that, it's going to wreck tile in the other parts <laughs> of the house. So can you do, I can't really do something like that on a slab. Absolutely. Yes, we can. We can do heated, heated um, in floor heat Mm -hmm. on top of a slab because the uncoupling mat. So we put down an uncoupling mat first and then Mm -hmm. the wire pops down into the uncoupling mat and it actually creates a barrier or a standoff where the wire isn't in direct contact with the concrete so that that heat can come up. You'll have nice toasty warm toes nice and and (laughs) as opposed to having that cold concrete treat tile yeah oh man 
Sweet. It is the way to go. And he's uh, sucking me in. Like he's got this see? nice <laughs> smile and he's like, you can do it. You can do it. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to be flying out to the East coast. To help. Vinny's going to be listening to this going, this is going to get expensive at our house right now. <laughs> oh my God. Holy but God. yeah, that, that uncoupling mat worked really well. And we, we talk about prep. So, you know, I had a, uh, a plywood floor, 1977 house that I had to do some, some some fixing to because there was like around a heat duct it was more flexible than we wanted it to be it was a little spongy just because how they built it originally and uh cleaned that up and and beefed that up a bit just to get it so things weren't moving around but man we put that down and then floated that floor out with the wire in there and talk about just leaving a great floor and because i had no curb in the shower we had to be (laughs) careful where how level that was and where the water would go if it leaked out of the shower and if it was going to go the wrong direction. Yeah. And and then when it came to the tile installation, that just went like a dream because you had a perfectly flat, smooth substrate to set the tile to. Yeah. Even if I wasn't doing the, the time we spent putting the heated floor in was shorter than putting that down. If we were going to put, that down on top of the, pl- the plywood that was there before, I think. I think we yeah. saved so much time doing that. And and that's the beauty, again, of using uncoupling membranes, which is what the heat floor locks into is, a, is an uncoupling membrane. Instead of grinding and, and cutting cement backer board, you're just cutting it with a utility knife. No dust, no mess. That's awesome. It, it just makes it so much easier and faster versus lugging in these, you know, big old sheets of half-inch concrete board that are heavy and dusty and messy and you're banging up walls and doors as opposed to an uncoupling membrane. Quick, easy, simple. Let's talk grouts a little bit because we've talked a little bit about putting tile down, but so many people run down, okay, I got my tile project down. They run down to the home center and go, oh, there's the color that's close enough for me that I want. And they go home, they, they take the powder, they mix up a little bit, throw some water in it, put it up, they mix it up again, put it up again. I go, huh. Didn't match perfectly. I wonder what's <laughs> going on there. And they keep going with it, and you get four different grout colors. Four different shades of the same color. Mm, correct. Yeah. You know, grout, I honestly believe that with homeowners nowadays, we have more educated homeowners with regards to tile than we have ever before. Sure. Lots of people have had tile, and lots of people understand that the maintenance of tile is grout. And having a better grout, so again, avoiding that box store, you know, the cheapest stuff on the shelf, getting something that's a little bit better long-term makes life a little bit easier because now you don't have that constant maintenance of grout, you know? So there are, there are a couple of different categories of grout, you know, from, from the simple sand and cement grouts to the high performance cement grouts, which I prefer. Um, there are single component grouts out there that are kind of ready to use, a little easier to use. Um, Sometimes they don't have quite the same um, features and benefits. Uh, And then there's epoxy grout. And epoxy grout scares a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but it is the maximum in stain and chemical resistance you can get. And a lot of homeowners like, well, you know, I don't need stain and chemical resistance. It's my bathroom. And I'm like, really? But all that shampoo, purple and green and stuff (laughs) going on the floor. Hair dye. (laughs) Hair dye, yeah. All of that stuff ends up on the floor. 
maybe it would be a good idea because that's that's usually the place that starts showing the most wear and tear is the shower floor. No How about mixing these grouts? So like, for example, we had an issue. I can't remember which grout we put in. I, I'm not going to bash the company, but they had a defect in their grout. So the grout started to crumble and come out. And it's only in certain parts, like right by the shower and then around the toilet. So how do you fix that? I mean, can you add, you know, say you want to use an Arctic grout and you've got something else in. Do you have to take everything out? Can you just put in what you need? How do you match it? What's the best for that? So typically, if you're if you're trying to repair grout, if you're going to a different manufacturer or in the best case scenario is to remove half of that grout joint depth everywhere okay. um, and then apply your new grout. Now, alternatively, uh, Artix does have a, a solution for discolored grout as well called Artix GCS or Grout Color Seal. And it is a topical penetrating colorant that you apply, scrub it in with a toothbrush, let it sit for 15 or 20 minutes, and wash it off with a white doodle bug or scotch bread pad and warm soapy water. And now you can change dark colored grout hmm. white or white colored. That's dark. crazy. Either way. Um, so, Trippy. you know, we use that in when we're going into situations where something's happened with the grout. We don't know. It, it's a quick, easy solution. Also, really quick, easy way to refresh or update, you know, a tile installation is by, you know, getting the grout looking fresh again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because sometimes you'll see that that tile that's halfway decent, but they put the the mauve taupe grout in there and you're like, <laughs> oh, VH1 best of the 80s wants That's their hot. grout color back. <laughs> you know, and, and and the truth of the matter is, is that a, a bad grout job can ruin the most perfect tile installation. And conversely, a, a phenomenal grout job, taking the time, slowing down, doing it, you know, step by step, can make a subpar tile installation look phenomenal. He's you know, doing it again, Eric. Really he's doing it out. again. He's making me think <laughs> I can do this. He just like he's like it's so easy. It's dreamy. Yeah, oh and then God. and then you know the other part is that you know that people have to figure out grout maintenance, right? Mm -hmm. What grout did they use? Do they need to go back and seal it? When do they need to seal it? A lot of that has to do with whatever the material they just put down. Absolutely. You have to know what your grout is that you installed and then just follow the manufacturer's recommendations. That's Clients really often think they always have to seal. So explain that to them. I mean, do they have to seal always? Do they not? What What's the... So it depends. Um, so like at Artix, we have several different grout, uh, grouts available. And um, like Artix FL or FGC grout do not require sealing at all. So it's right. a cement, high-performance cement-based grout you don't have to seal. Now, if I was putting white grout upstairs in a master bathroom, would I worry about sealing it? No. If I was putting white grout in an entryway out in the country where muddy dogs are going to be running across it, mm. would I recommend sealing that even though it doesn't require it? Yes. And it's just going to mm -hmm. provide an additional layer of, of protection to, to allow you to get it cleaned up before that mud and gunk you know, gets down into the So garage. know where you're applying it and say that not every scenario is going to present with, you know, right. obviously high traffic areas are going to be an issue. You're going to want well, to. Well, any textured seal. surface, you think about it, any Ooh. textured surface, whether it's impervious to something soaking into it, especially if it's white and you're putting mud and grinding stuff into it, 
there is going to be some kind of surface tension where that mud is going to stick to it. And anything more that you can do to help keep that as almost like a surfactant to not stick to it, the better off you are. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, that's where I say stepping into the better quality grouts and, and even, you know, even into the epoxy grouts just makes maintenance that much easier that you don't have to worry about it. Oh, oops, I spilled some wine. Okay, we can clean it up, but I don't have to like freak out and run and screaming through the house to, to get it cleaned up right now. I'm freaking we- out because it's good wine. <laughs> yeah. Don't waste good wine. <laughs> So like our clients um, are really concerned about doing obviously green. Um, we use a lot of the unmodified cement um, to do non-toxic projects for, I mean, I do projects for people who are chemically sensitive. I do allergy patients all over the country. So when we do that, I mean, obviously Artix would have alternatives for something like that. You could use an unmodified cement. They have a product for that. Um, yes. Uh, we have to be careful when, when recommending non-modified cements because Porcelain tile, which mm-hmm. is a majority of the tile that's installed today, porcelain tile, because it has an absorbency of less than one half of 1% to be a porcelain tile, a non-modified pinset doesn't really bond well to a porcelain tile. And that's Correct. where we need the polymer modification that actually is the glue that sticks things Just together. That sticks to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, if somebody was in a chemically sensitive situation, um, typically when um, our cement products are used, once they're cured, there is no off-gassing to those products. So they're not contributing Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, bad air. VOCs, right, loads. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's Um, great. And that's that's a very quick process to cure out so that they are not contributing. There may be a slight smell. Normally, the installer smells worse than the product. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> Sorry. What do they need? Squatch. Remember Squatch? I sent you this morning. Squatch yeah. soap <laughs> for the man's man. Squatch. Yep. <laughs> New soap company with the Jedi version. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. It's so. all natural soap. <laughs> Squatch. Yep. So yeah, I mean that's 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 the one thing with that that you have to be careful with. And, and I was joking about it earlier, but we were even following manufacturer instructions on one product and you went, Hey, wait a minute, guys, hold on. Even though you've got the instructions right here, that's not going to work. Yeah. And you've got to be careful with that, especially with things that are mesh backed or have a different coating on the back of a, of a tile or, you know, piece of material. Or, or even, you know, glass tile. Glass tile is also incredibly popular right now. But if you think about it, glass is impervious. It doesn't have any pores in it for thin sets to stick to. So we, we have to treat those things a little bit different. So again, research, 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 ask questions. Caroline, like you said, you know, go in, make a friend, you know, mm-hmm. go into that flooring dealer and just start asking, hey, what would be best to install this? And, and a lot of times they'll provide you with that solid information. Okay, William. So what was that adhesive that came in the metal caulking tube that we used that uh-huh. was magical? Because this stuff here was like Superman strength stuff that we used at the house. Absolutely. So that's Artex's CA20P, which uh, as I talk about our new shower system, that's actually the sealant that we're using 
over top of all the fasteners and at the seams and everything is going to be our Ardex CA20B sealant. So it's a construction adhesive that is a modified silane. So um, again, it's unlike the urethane, which is very bad to come in contact with. Um, being modified silane, it's much more green friendly and it literally sticks anything to anything. Dude, if I was going to punk a friend, I could go out and, <laughs> and put four dabs on the ground and park his F-150 on it, and I'd be oh. curious to see if he'd pull away. I mean, oh I, I'm totally over-exaggerating on the specifications of this stuff, but many times with adhesives, I am very disappointed in their performance. And, man, dude, that stuff rocked. That It's my do-all, fix-all. Whether it's around my personal house or even on the job, you know, someone how do i deal with this how do i hook that you know how do i put a soap dish up ca20p every time it, it does everything one more question i had for you here too before we go out here in a few minutes as we run out of time i want to talk about cut and tile and i know that's not so much <laughs> a, an ardex thing but that Actually, is, is where caroline for instance is scared oh. is cutting tile and i know yeah. that for a fact so what are the better ways to cut tile? And I know all tile is different. So the, the tile is a, is a, is a broad brush because there's glass, porcelain, stone, whatever else in there. But exactly. let's chat a little bit about, and we'll even talk about your saw that was shooting sparks. <laughs> See why you don't want to do it. Uh, no, uh, it lived so a good life. It, it did. It did. It lived a good life. 20 plus years out of a tile saw. Oh my yep. God. Sadly, sadly, no, no more. <laughs> um, so with cutting tile, you know, my preferred method for cutting almost all tile, except for natural stone, is going to be a snap board or a scoreboard. Um, the reason why it's it can be right there in the room that you're working, as opposed to a, a wet saw, which is typically going to have to be outside. Um, so I like having the scoreboard next to me. It makes most of the cuts. Um, and then, you know, with a wet saw. It, it is handy to have a wet saw on occasion, but typically most installations can be done predominantly with a with just a scoreboard, a snap cutter. Nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's when you get into those kind of weird radius cuts where you're trying to cut yeah. around a pipe or Circle. some of the other stuff where it gets <laughs> yeah. the circles, you know, that's where it gets a little more difficult. Right, right. Um, and then there's the grinder, which I had a... <laughs> That bit you the other day, my friend. I, I had a bad experience with that on Sunday, but we, we won't talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have pictures and I yeah. won't share them. <laughs> you know, the, a grinder is also handy and maybe a little less expensive than a tile saw. But, you know, that's where you can also rent a saw. It's not like you have to go out and spend $600 or $1,000 on a saw. You can rent one do most of your straight cuts with a scoreboard or a snap cutter and then just rent this off for the day that you need to make a bunch of those complicated cuts and you're good to go. See, he's doing it again. He makes me think <laughs> I can do it. He's like, he's like, you could do it. It's so easy. Yeah. It, it, it really is. I mean, you know, we spent a lot of time working around my house here and my little projects and none of these were big projects. I mean, the biggest ones technically probably was the, was the backsplash just as far as square footage. But as far as technical stuff, our biggest was my bathroom. Absolutely. And, and I view every project as unique, you know, they, they all have 
a particular attention to detail, whether it's a backsplash and, and you know how to cut around the outlets or seal it up so that water behind the sink doesn't get down into the cabinet. It, you know, each one has its own little nuances that you just have to slow down, think it out, take your time, do it right. Is there so, a project that you recommend like as a first project that you think is maybe easier to tackle, right? So for a DIY, if I was going to do this, what, I mean, would you recommend doing a floor? Would you recommend doing a backsplash? You know, a small floor is a great place to start. A backsplash has huge impact on <laughs> the overall look of a kitchen. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, it, you can. It sounds hard though, right? A backsplash sounds like something I might not want to under, over t undertake. <laughs> well, it's only 18 inches usually underneath yeah. the cabinets. And, you know, you're starting full off of the countertop. It, backsplashes are pretty straightforward, really. Yeah. But, you know, here's the thing though with that, just like any tile project with a backsplash, layout is king. You have to think about where mm -hmm. this gets laid out and how things are going to line up because. Just like in a shower wall situation or something else, I shared one with William here a few weeks ago that somebody had laid out in a shower they paid a contractor to do, and they couldn't have laid it out any worse. I mean, they probably would have gotten more lucky if they hadn't laid it out and just did something different. Oh right, right. You know, layout is crucial to every tile installation. Backsplashes, are, that's where it is a little more complicated because you have to think about where you're starting, where you're stopping, and where you're centering. Um, whereas a floor or many other tile installations, you're always going to start center and start center and work out to the sides. That's typically what is best for most tile. Backsplashes are a little different because now you have to center over a stove and you have to think about returns and things like that. So a little bit different, especially like Eric, he had a, a patterned tile on his backsplash. So that made things that added another little we spent more time as we were working on that because the pattern was so close. <laughs> we would sit there and look at it and go, it's good. Five minutes later, we'd look back and go, that was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was one of those patterns. I mean, everybody's seen my pictures on the Facebook page around it's the house. It's sort of like a black show. and white floral. Yeah it's, yeah. it's a cool pattern. But when you're installing it, there's a little bit of a mind bend to it where it looks <laughs> right because you've stared at it so long that you have to look away and look back at it. Well, and I was guilty of setting one wrong. Remember that? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my I God. set one wrong. It was, <laughs> the pattern was not correct. And, you know, yep. I had to come back and chip it out the next day and <laughs> use that adhesive. Up. Yep. Oh, no. That was a beer tile. Yep. <laughs> it was a beer tile. It was yep. Yep. That was a beer tile. But that's, but that's the thing, you know, is that layout is just like your prep when you're doing this stuff. You got to have that laid out correctly. Because it can look absolutely horrible if you didn't. That little strip in a corner on a shower can look really bad if you didn't do it right. Yeah. You know, and with, uh, you know, in a lot of instances, lay it out on the floor in another room. And mm. so that you can, you know, look Visualize at it. Visualize it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And if, if you say it was a DIY and it's your first time, Caroline, taking mm -hmm. a stab at doing tile, cool, lay it out and then take a piece of tape and number them. Like, I, mean, I would definitely is, do that. It just yeah. helps you to visualize it and see exactly where it is for sure. And it allows you to slow down and make sure that, you know, have someone else, hey, take a look at this. Everything look good, you know, so that you can get a couple different sets of eyes on it. And then when you go to install, it's just like, you know, doing paint by numbers. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's easy. So see? It yeah. is. See? <laughs> there he is see, doing it again. Doing it again. <laughs> 
All right, brother. Well, before we go week. out, to, before we go out to break, I want to get for you to give your mm. DIY caulking or even contractor silicone caulking trick because you did this at my house and I looked at you and went, what? And boom, mind blown. Mind blown. <laughs> and uh, you made silicone caulking easier to do than latex for me. And people think that's crazy. It, it is. But again, it's having some of those tips and tricks, right? So, you know, for Artix, we posted a video on our tips and tricks section of our YouTube channel, which is Artix 101, Artix Americas 101. And on there, it, it's simply using a spray aerosol glass cleaner. And, and what that does is it becomes the surfactant that allows you to strike the silicone and keep it from sticking to the surface around it. And you can strike those joints and get a perfect silicone joint um, that's not messy. You're not getting silicone all over your hands and walls and everywhere else. Uh, it, and it really is easier than acrylic at that point. I was shocked because, you know, you, you, you lay the bead of silicone down, you spray that over the top of it, you spray it on your hands, tools, wherever else you're gonna get it. And it wipes right off. I mean, oh, I can you were take, telling I, me about this, Eric. Remember we were talking about yeah. how to get it not to stick. Oh, that's yeah. right. It yeah. is absolutely amazing. And, and from here on out, I'm never scared to use silicone. And, <laughs> and before it was always like, Oh, it's silicone. It's always a pain. <laughs> I get it everywhere. It's hard to clean up and everything's shiny for my hands, my tools, everything else. And this is the perfect way to do it. It, it is now it does work specifically on neutral cure silicones. So not all silicones are the same or created equal. Um, most silicones that you buy over the counter are going to be an acidic cure. So when you open them up, they have that real vinegar. Vinegar, vinegar, vinegar yeah. yeah. I yeah. hate that. So those are the acidic cures as opposed to like the Artix SX silicone, which you open it up, it doesn't have any order. That's, That's because great. it's a neutral cure, which allows longer time to strike the joints and work it to make sure that it's perfect when you walk away. That's what we recommend for our clients. Always like the, um, I mean, there's a couple other companies out there like Duracell that make products the same. So that's great to know that you guys have that because we don't yep. like to use it with our clients because their bathroom ends up stinking and then they complain and they're like, this stinks <laughs> from the acidic smell. Yeah. So non-smelly yeah. silicone is good. I mean, when you do an entire bathroom, the shower, the floors, all the changes of plane, which is required, you're supposed to have a soft joint that all changes of plane. You do out an entire bathroom, and that's the last thing you do. It can be pretty strong for powerful. Days. Yeah. yeah, I've had clients not be able to stay in their house, so that's why, like, we just can't do it anymore. So we make sure that we always use the one that has no acidity to it. Yep. Yep. Neutral cure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. William White, we are out of time, my friend. We have gone through the entire hour of the show. Thanks for coming on. Is the best place for everybody to find your products over at uh, artxamericas.com? Exactly. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks for coming on today, brother. Thanks. I appreciate it. All righty. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. You've been listening to Around, Around the, the House. House. Anywhere beyond the me Life is a love song, let's be lovers We're all over the radio Take my hand, I know where to go 
It's Eric G from around the house. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.